church Wednesday service, but of course, if there is if there is uh, ice or snow, it'll be canceled. But I was just talking that you know you don't postpone an Ash Wednesday service because it's got to be done on Ash Wednesday. So if we don't have it. We just don't have it. But we'll see. We will see. Is Carol Johnston here? Carol? I don't see. Okay. Carol is joining the church, but she and I keep crossing uh, paths on to what, when she's going to be at the service. And uh, it's really funny, actually. All right. She was at the 11 o'clock service last week, which I thought she was going to be here. And so I didn't see her until the service was halfway done. So I hadn't had the chance to officially welcome her. But if you see her, welcome her because she will, is, has transferred her membership to us. And we will officially welcome her one of these mornings. Okay, today, let me see. Also, the other, the other reminder is that the office will have reduced hours this week after Tuesday, beginning Tuesday on. Beth will not be in the office. So we'll have volunteers there for half days in the church office. Today, uh, this next Sunday begins, uh, of course, our Lenten journey and our Lenten offering emphasis, which is about the adoption of Ella through Ellen through Compassion International. There are prayer calendars. Are they available? They're back here on the table. Would you somebody bring, would somebody bring me one up here real quick so I'll have it taken for show and tell? And uh, we hope that you'll pick one of these up and follow along and pray. There's a, these are either a prayer or there's a Bible verse or there's something that will uh, help uh, emphasize to you the plight of children in our world today. And thank you. And it looks like this. And it, it is for uh, Lent. And so, of course, it begins with Ash Wednesday. And it, it's, it, the t hashtag is pray for kids. And we want you to uh, pray every day. So please pick you up one of these prayer calendars. Um, confirmation class begins next Sunday afternoon. Next Sunday afternoon. Uh, all right. Okay, Paige has an announcement, and then we're, we'll be ready to go. Good morning, y'all. Um, so basically, I just wanted to talk to you guys about Lent a little bit more and kind of expound on what Joseph was saying. So like he said, we have the Lenten calendars in the back, and those have, you know, every day through Lent, there's a prayer or something, and it's focusing on kids in poverty. And that ties directly into what we as a church, Memorial, are doing for Lent. We're sponsoring a child through Compassion International. And I don't know if all of you guys have heard about this, but her name is Ellen. Um, we've already sponsored her, and we're trying to raise funds to support her until she's 18. She's five now, I think. Um, and so basically we're having a big fundraiser for her and it's on March the 15th and we want all you guys to be there and we're calling it Ellen's birthday bash because it's on her birthday. Um, her actual birthday is March the 15th and so that's when we're having the party. And so what's, what it's going to be is it's like a birthday party, we're going to have dinner and cake and ice cream. Um, and then after that, we're going to have a worship experience. And it's going to be a little bit different from what you get on Sunday mornings. Um, 
it's going to be it's going to be really cool and we're really excited about it um but there's going to be live music me and charlie and a couple and daniel and a couple other guys are going to be playing up here for you guys um and then there's going to be some other worship elements and we would love for you guys to be there um that's where we're hoping to raise the bulk of our funds for ellen so the tickets are five dollars and they go on sale today, so you guys can buy some. We only have a few today, but we'll have more as the weeks go on. Um, and so just see me or Katie if you'd like to purchase a ticket. But we're really excited about this, so we want you guys to be there and be excited as well. So if you guys want to go ahead and stand up, then we can worship this morning.
Thank you for this morning. Thank you for waking us all up here. I just pray that uh, we can open up our hearts so that we can hear what you have to say through Joseph this morning. Um, Lord, we love you. We thank you for everything you've blessed us with today. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, Children, come forward, please. You guys know. I have something to tell you. Are you ready? Happy Valentine's Day! <laughs> why, why aren't you guys saying Happy Valentine's Day back to me? Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day! You're a day late. I'm a day late and a dollar short? <laughs> well, then I guess I don't have anything to tell you guys this morning. Can I tell you what I was going to tell you on Valentine's Day since it's not Valentine's Day? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. I love you. I love you and 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 you. <laughs> but can I say that since it's not Valentine's Day? Yeah. Wait a minute. Who said no? Yeah. Kevin said no. <laughs> so the people who decided yesterday... February 14th is Valentine's Day. They decided that that was the day that you could tell people that you love each other, right? Yeah, but you can still do it. I can still do it? Yeah. Like, cool. Like me and like I told my daddy um, that I love you him. You tell today. daddy that you love him every day? Well, do your, does your this morning. Okay. Does your family tell you that they love you every day? Women, they don't wait until Valentine's Day every year to say I love you? No. Oh, man. They do. Oh, Bailey says they do. Okay. Well, I have something really cool. And I just thought there was going to be one of you today. So I just made one Valentine. Oh, me. Okay. It says, to you from me. What do you think's inside? Can I hold it? Um, a heart. A heart? A piece of candy. A piece of candy? Oh, yummy. Well, what do you think's in here? A valentine. A valentine? <laughs> heart. A heart? Okay, you ready? Yeah. Brace yourselves. Huh? Oh, <gasps> nothing. I said nothing. You said nothing? You're so right. Does that mean I was lazy and I forgot to write something? Yeah. No. It means that 
I'm going to tell you a lot more than just I love you. Okay. Last week, I told, I shared with you guys a Bible verse. And I'm going to share another one with you. Mommy. Emily, can you read it for me? It's nothing underlined. It. Zero okay. means nothing. Shh. It's underlined. Where I, I, I knew commitment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have loved for one another. Jesus is saying that. And do you know what? He doesn't say on Valentine's Day. He just says that you guys will show one another that you're my disciples by, by loving one another. Okay? So, this Bible verse is going to be with us for a while because did you hear Miss Katie talking about Ellen? Okay. Have you guys heard about Ellen? We're adopting a child, and she's five now, and we're going to help help her out until she's 18. And this is the Bible verse that we're using for um, a lot of what we're doing. So, happy Valentine's Day to us. Happy Valentine's Day to Ellen. And we can show each other love any day of the year, right? All right, cool. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for Valentine's Day. Thank you for Valentine's Day. And thank you for all the other days. Thank you for all Help us to show each other love. Help us to show each other love. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. y'all think Rochelle is excellent at this. She does such a good job. Let's give her a hand. She does a great job. Not that all the rest of you volunteers don't. <laughs> Rochelle just sets the bar, the standard for us. I want to set, tell you something that I didn't get to tell you yesterday. I love you. I love all of you. I'm happy that you're here, and I love you. And I think if you don't tell somebody every day that you love them, then you're really missing out. I forgot to ask for prayer cards this morning. Do we have any prayer card requests that we need to bring up here? Okay. Let us bow our heads for prayer. Oh God, you have given us your words. You've given us your love so that we might find uh, an, an order in our life and we might find the way to glory and to you. And so we stand before you each and every day, especially on Sundays when we worship, uh, in just wonderment as we contemplate your goodness to us. 
as we sing our songs and say our prayers and uh, use our talents and voices to worship you. Uh, we must also, though, confess as we come humbly before you that even though you've set before us the way to go and the way to be, the precepts and laws of what makes for a good disciple, we oftentimes, we don't choose to follow them. We choose to disobey your precepts. We turn deaf ears. And our ears itch for some loophole through which we can pass and remain a disobedient child. Have mercy on us, O oh Lord. We are your wayward children. We pray your forgiveness for us as we seek to repent and to be those disciples you've called us to be. This day in which we remember transfiguration, we remember your glory, how it was revealed to those witnesses that day and has been revealed to us. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit that you would help us on this day. And Lord, we lift up to you uh, as we begin our Lenten journey all those who may have doubts. We pray for those who might be trapped in, in their spirits or their minds in darkness. We pray that you, could break, that you would break through barriers of, uh, in those who are sick and diseased and in torment. And we pray, oh God, you would brighten uh, all, all who come into your presence uh, who have been blindsided by sin and brokenness. Lord, we pray these prayers and our other prayers as we pray this day for all those on our prayer list and for those in our hearts now. As we offer these prayers, O oh Lord, in praise in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have noticed that the color is white. <laughs> and you're like, why is that? Today is called Transfiguration Sunday. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in our sermon. Here's the words from Mark chapter 9, beginning at verse 2. After six days of journey, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain they were alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He really did not know what to say. They were so frightened. And then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. 
And suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And so they were coming down the mountain. Jesus told them, gave them orders, not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And I'm going to read one more verse. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you again for many things, but we especially thank you for this revelation uh, of your glory to those witnesses that day and that they re have revealed it to us through their testimony throughout these generations. We pray in your name. Amen. Now one of the things I want you to see and to think about is that if you've been paying attention a little bit to the sermons we've had up to this point, we've saw Jesus healing people and His fame has spread and people are coming to Him constantly and it's hard for Him to get away. He has to go away early in the morning to get some solitary time, some prayerful time. And in fact, at this point in time in His ministry, this occurs near the end of His ministry. Uh, Jesus is really weary from the crowds. And why? And so what He has done, if you, you read uh, before, a few, some verses ahead of time before this, you will know that Jesus has taken His disciples and He said, look, we all need some rest. Uh, from from the work and we need to have a, some time away and they went to the, in the north of Galilee to the hills to the hill country in north of Galilee to a beautiful area there where there's a natural springs and in fact this spring comes out of the gushes out of the side of the mountain and it's the source for the river Jordan and it's called Caesarea Philippi and it's actually in the uh, it's in what would be the country of Syria today, except that it is in the occupied area of Syria by the Israeli government. And it is maintained today by the Israelis as a national park. And I had the great pleasure and privilege to go there when I went on my tour to the Holy Land. And while we were there, buses of kids. It's a place where kids come like a day out. You know, you take the kids somewhere on a field trip. The only difference between the way our kids go on a field trip and their kids is the fact that they were escorted in the front and the back with armored car and troops. Isn't that something? Isn't that sad? That the children had to go on an outing, had to go with troops. But anyway, the main thing I want you to hear and see is that this is a natural, beautiful area from ancient times. In fact, ancient uh, pagans used to set up statues of their guard, gods in these uh, areas there, and there were places there you could see where they had been. It was revered by the Jews as the source of the River Jordan. And it's revered, of course, by Christians because our Lord was there. Uh, for a while during retreat. The other thing to keep in mind about this is this is the furthest away Jesus ever got from Jerusalem in distance. It's the furthest away. It's almost as if Jesus was trying to get away from His destiny. But while He was there, 
while he was there, he asked the, asked the disciples some probing questions, and you're going to know this from your previous time in church. You're going to, you've going to heard this before. Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? And of course, they discuss and make some comments. And then he says, but who do you say that I am? And there we know that Peter makes the confession that says, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah that was to come. You're here. You are the one. And the Lord Jesus says, upon this confession, I shall build my church. And from that point on, it's important, in my opinion, for all of us to always ask that question. It seems like it's the beginning of anyone's faith journey. Who do you say Jesus is? When you answer that question, you begin your faith journey. And your whole journey in life is, answer, is how you've answered that question, I think, and how you respond to the way you've answered that question. It defines our faith journey. And that's an important thing I want you to know this morning. Is it all begins in how we answer that question. Who do you say that I am that Jesus poses to us? Now, it's after that confession, Jesus and the disciples head to Jerusalem for the last time for His fate at the cross. And it's a pretty good journey from the furthest northern point all the way back to Jerusalem. And after several days of travel, we pick Jesus up and the disciples at this scripture I just read. Jesus never turns back. He's always heading south towards Jerusalem after Caesarea Philippi. There's not a pause except to pray or to heal or to teach. But there is never a turning away or turning in a different direction. So Jesus was strengthened there in that beautiful place by the confession of His disciples that finally after three years with Him, they knew who He was. And they were going to follow Him to His destiny in Jerusalem. And so we have this spot, and there's a mountain there called Mount Tabor, which you can visit. And Jesus, as was his habit, went up to pray. And this particular time, he took the three disciples who had become kind of the three, uh, the executive committee, if you will, of the disciples. It's important to understand how things like that work out. Uh, Peter and John and James were considered, and once Jesus uh, rose from the dead and went back to heaven, as the kind of the three that kept the church as an institution going and set up things and so forth. We hear so much about Paul, but Paul actually came a little bit later. But so he has Peter, James, and John with him. And while they're there, God, the Father, confirms in their presence what Peter has declared. This is the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so if there was any doubts by the disciples... At that point in time, those disciples, uh, that doubt would have been dispelled by what they saw. 
And what they saw was a glimpse of Jesus Christ in His glorified state as we will see Him someday in heaven. And while He's transformed before them, two witnesses from heaven show up because Moses and Elijah, and it's important, most of us are, uh, don't really think in terms like this, but Moses and Elijah were long dead, my friends, when this happened. So in effect, they were like ghosts when they showed up to these disciples. And even though these events on that day were really out of the ordinary, extraordinary, supernatural, <laughs> like the balloons coming down, Yet in some ways they were not as uncommon as you might think. Because Jesus often went away to pray. He often went to be strengthened by the Father. And I'm sure that if we could have been there that day, we would have realized probably after journeying six days resolutely towards Jerusalem that maybe somewhere in this about midway from Caesarea Philippi to Jerusalem, that maybe Jesus was having some doubts again. You know, the Bible clearly tells us that Jesus was human in every way as He was divine in every way, which means in His human part, He suffered the same kind of things we do. He suffered doubt, despair, discouragement. He, he suffered these things just like we do. And so it's not hard to imagine that He went to be strengthened again. Maybe He was hoping that He would have another word from God the Father directly to him. Maybe a couple, maybe Moses and Elijah would show up again to strengthen him. So it's important for us to see that even though it seems extraordinary to us, it was really Jesus' habit to be strengthened. And indeed he was. And indeed he was. And there's a really, a, a really kind of a comical, if you will, little part right there where Peter says, uh, you know, I've, I've put it this way, if, even if Casper the Friendly Ghost showed up, you'd be a little bit shaky, wouldn't you? Uh, hey, Casper, <laughs> right? I, Peter, it said, the Scripture says they were fearful and did not really know what to say or do. And, and so Peter says, maybe we should build a shelter. And you've got to remember that in that day and time, people built shrines oftentimes to, to God uh, or to, if you were pagan, to the pagan gods. When something happened to you, important or significant, they often would build a shrine or a shelter. And so Peter says, let's do this. This is obviously a special moment and it's pretty spooky with these people showing up and Jesus turning dazzling white. But it was not to be because it's just about as soon as Peter says, let's build a shelter, what happens? Poof. Right? Poof. The ghosts are gone. Jesus is back to normal. He's not in his glorified state. 
And it's important, I think, right here for us to hear something and to learn something about the way God works. There are special moments that God sends to us all through our life. These are gifts of grace. But that moment will pass and the next moment of our life arrives. And all that we're left with is a moment of glory that we saw and heard and it is now but a memory. And even though this is a leftover memory, and it might not seem like much, if we treasure it for what it was, if we treasure it because it was meant to be treasured, we will find strength for our journey. My friends, our pilgrimage through life depends on us recognizing these special moments that God gives to us that are fleeting and all we have left are memories. I've had many such experiences. I know that you have. I'll tell you, how my life was forever changed by my trip to the Holy Land. Just simply walking around to see a Galilee, seeing where Jesus walked, you could feel Jesus' presence in the land there in northern Israel. But it's, it's important that I remember constantly and hold on to that touchstone, that memory of when God blessed my life. And it's important for you to do that. To hold on to that memory when God has blessed your life. It might be in a fleeting moment, but it's important to hold on to that because it gives us confidence and it gives us peace to face what might come. And that's exactly what occurred for Jesus. Is it gave Him the confidence and peace to face what would come. These are gifts from God. And that is what transfiguration means to Jesus and that is what it means to us. A time to be encouraged, to continue. A time to be reminded of the glory that awaited Jesus and awaits us in heaven. And God gives us these time moments, I think, not just in times of crisis. But so many times we don't see them or don't recognize them. And then we're kind of like that old story about the man who was lost in the desert. And later he was describing his ordeal and he said that he got so desperate that he didn't know what to do, so he knelt down and he cried out to God for help. And, at, and when he was recounting the story, somebody said, well, did God answer your prayer? And he said, oh, no. Before God could do anything, an explorer happened along and showed me the way home. You see, the thing is, is that we often miss the divine moments in our life. We miss that that was God's hand that sent the explorer to help him find his way home. Don't forget to credit the one who watches over us with those divine moments that have occurred in your life. Don't forget that transfiguration, as mysterious as it is, and I've tried to bring it down into some kind of an understanding, it's still unbelievable and hard to understand because... It's a touch of the divine in a human world. 
We do not have to understand it, though. We just need to recognize it for what it is. It's a clear message from the Lord, God, of His eternal love for us. And so I call you this day on this Transfiguration Sunday as we begin our Lenten journey. With our Lenten journey next Sunday, what we're going to do is listen to the seven different phrases and words that Jesus said while He was hanging on the cross. And we'll start with them in chronological order as they occurred that day. So as we begin this Lenten journey, the agony of the Lord for us, I want you to think about the divine that occurs in your life. I want you to think about the divine in things that maybe you haven't thought about. Think about the divine that occurs in a children's moment when they hear and understand that Jesus said, love each other. That Jesus gave the first Valentine to us. Think about the divine in things like the sacraments when we share and are reminded of the body and blood of Christ that was given up for us. Think about the divine in the music in all our worship practices in the church. Think about the divine every time you pass down a highway and you turn the corner, especially on a desolate highway, and there stands a beacon of hope across on top of a church. Remember to recognize the divine, the divine moments in your life. Recognize them so you'll stay the course so you'll go forth as God has called you so that you will always hear the voice of God calling. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. I pray that when the clouds have covered you up, you will hear the voice of God saying, I am with you even to the end of the age. I offer these words this day to encourage you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith as we stand and join our voices. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we receive our offerings. Be much more to me 
stand and sing with us if you don't mind. Cindy sent me an email uh, late uh, last night, or maybe I don't think it's maybe it was early this morning. Her 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 baby's sick. Her child is sick. She said I can't be there, and so but I think everything is under control. So I think it was Cindy. We hope you're. I think it's uh, Hadness well soon. Receive now the blessings of God the Father. Son and Holy Spirit, the eternal triune God, one God now and forevermore. Amen. And God will raise you up on eagles' wings.
Have a good week.